The violins of all our souls together play And all our hearts are singing in one voice Here we see you coming in, Raymond's shining I'm very pleased to be back with you, yes. Alexander. I re really enjoyed the first podcast. I think you're an excellent interviewer. And this is a subject which is maybe more important than any other. And that's our philosophies and our approach to uh, our lives. Mm -hmm. And mine mine isn't very cohesive. It sounds like you've got a more cohesive uh, philosophy about things. But I, I have an awful lot of uh, ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on a, a project called the Complete Awakening Journey, um, and it's very cohesive, uh, hence the complete in the title. Um, it's based on developmental psychology. There's layers of consciousness that we go through, and they're recognized fairly universally. It's in, you know, Piaget talks about it, and um, Saint Teresa d'Avila of the Catholic Church talks about it, and the Chinese Buddhists have a and as have a kind of series of paintings that they made about it it's the indians have their names for it you know it's everywhere so it's a fairly universal cohesive structure about what are the stages that we go through in our growth and what i've noticed is that most traditions focus on one of them and they're really good well depends on what which tradition doesn't it <laughs> so if you're hang out with the Hare Krishnas then it's all about devotion and love of God and God loving me and this is kind of the ecstatic phase of, of consciousness but if you hang out with with uh, yeah well Stoics for example it's not about devotion and love of the universe it's something more philosophical and theoretical and and uh, in a peace, perhaps. And if you hang out with uh, uh, atheist rationalists, then it's another approach again. And then if you hang out with conservative religious people, that's another approach again. Now, you can see these all as being against each other, but if I look at them more as being stages of growth that we go through. They're related. They're yeah. actually related. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hung out with my... Uh, Catholic friends, I hadn't seen these people for 40 years, and maybe, mm. maybe 50 years. I mean, it, I, and I was super close to this, this pair. Uh, and they, of course, they'd had seven kids in the interim, and they, they lived in a house in St. Louis. And I, I spent three days full time with them, and they were incredibly hospitable. Uh, uh, but they're very serious Catholics, they go to mass every single day they think about religious and ethical issues all the time and everywhere i looked in their house i saw a crucifix or a, a mother mary or i mean i saw these religious icons but at the end of my visit i felt as if i was much closer philosophically to them than i would have ever suspected because i spend my time thinking about uh, ethical issues, but just not through the lens, lens of uh, religion or, or mm. God, mm -hmm. you, you know, and I mean, part of my background is almost sort of a rationalist, but, um, I, I, and of course, it doesn't quite fit together, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so can you move the microphone a little bit away from your mouth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, that... overloading a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, good. So where does your thinking not fit together? <laughs> okay, that's a good question. <laughs> um, 
So my thinking is informed by hundreds and hundreds of books that I've read. And essentially, I cycle the thoughts that seemed important to me when I read the books. Microphone's still too close. You got a good microphone, just needs a $100 microphone. It's not very fancy. How's that? Yeah. Okay. So I cycle the, and this is going to be the, this is the best insight for your listeners Hmm. of anything I say. I cycle my thoughts that I think are important through my consciousness using an application on my iPhone and computer called things, T-H-I-N-G-S. And it's a list making program where I can bring things up. I can bring, you know, items up uh, at intervals, whatever interval I want. And Mm -hmm. if it's something I want to memorize that I don't think uh, I know, I might review it every week for months. I just glance at it and uh, put it aside. But I, I have hundreds and hundreds of entries in my um, philosophical or self-help uh, section in my list making, and they cycle the important ones cycle through my consciousness uh, at intervals. And I believe that it's greatly helped my, my maturity. Um, hmm. Aurelius said, "Have before yourself the icon of an ancient that practiced virtue at all times. At all <laughs> times, have before." So what he's saying is review your precepts, review your philosophy, review uh, what you think is important all the time. And he did it with books, but we have apps. And the, the two apps that work well, are there, I mean, you can use the April list making app if you want, uh, but it's less sophisticated than things, T-H-I-N-G-S. Mm. Things is one mm. of the most popular, anyway. So OmniFocus and things are close uh, competitors. And I, I like things. I mean, I've got, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of words in my things, and they're all categories and categorized. And they, the important ones are still cycling through my uh, reminder system, and I review them. And mm-hmm. I think it's helped my peace of mind and my philosophical. And if I stop, I stuck all these things in a big list because I'm thinking about writing about them. And some of them stopped cycling through my uh, system and I'm going over them again in preparation for this podcast. And I find that I better start cycling again because I forget everything and, and start going back to anxiety and depression and, uh, and fear, you know, as interesting. To, so it really, yeah. it really affects it's, it has a huge effect. I know you study continuously, um, but I think repetition is the most important thing to form habits and habits are what drives your life. I mean, you have to have habits or you're, you're a complete failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my study is not in the mind. My study is in the universal energy that is, um, is all around, you know, it's, it's kind of beyond mind. So, um, so it's interesting to, to review what it's like to work from a mind perspective. And I think that's very important for some of my students who are coming from a mind space or or when they're at the stage where they're coming from a mind space, they need something that is is really based on that. And um, and I kind of- You can express your your ideas in words, can't you? Yeah, but I require some kind of 
like if someone asks a question, I normally know the answer. But if the question is not asked, I have difficulty figuring out what needs to be said. It, it doesn't have a structure. My thinking doesn't have a structure. It has a, basically there's one principle. Everything comes down to one principle. I can tell you the principle in, in you know, five seconds, but it doesn't mean you'll understand it. And then there's all of the growth around that to understand this principle. Without the questions, I have trouble finding what needs to be said and what structure needs to be given to it. Um, so it's not it not held in words; it's held in a in a feeling. Um, and I think when we use words, it's uh, an attempt to grasp at a feeling and to help us to to get to that feeling. Like you talked about a more positive expression rather than depression. There's a hint in there that it's about feelings. There's something to that. Yeah. My ideas are entirely based around how we should live and how we should think of the world. And mm -hmm. the whole thing is concrete. And there are hundreds of ideas. Um, but um, the main important thing is you need, a, you need to work on your philosophy. And if you want to base it on religion, you can do that. Uh, and if you want, you know, the religions repeat things i mean you mm -hmm. go to church on sunday or you're a muslim and you bow to mecca five times a day or whatever it is <laughs> and so these habits form uh belief and they 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 produce a way to live and a philosophy of life and uh, a mind is individual and it's based on reading many sources and perhaps some people and maybe you would claim that these principles are universal and they're not and my Catholic friends thought that I was right on their page. You know, yeah, strangely enough. I think when you once you get once you really get it, it's universal. It's when you're playing with the ideas, they kind of seem a little bit different. But when you really get down to the core of it, there's not much I'm difference. Still, I'm still a seeker, Alexander. I don't claim <laughs> but that you're, I've gotten down to but the you're core a, of it. You're found at a certain level. You know, we talk about enlightenment, and that's as a popular idea these days. And it's there's a certain truth to that. But what's more accurate is the Zen conception that there are a series of enlightenments. Every time we open a new layer of our consciousness, then we open up to, wow, we can see the world in a completely different way. Isn't this enlightening? And so there is an enlightenment of seeing clearly and understanding, as well as an enlightenment of feeling the universal consciousness they're they're both enlightenment experiences and they're both very important they just one of them tends to happen before the other one um so i think that you are a master of philosophy <laughs> i don't know about that of, of philosophy I, you under, yeah. understand you're very philosophical you understand how to use philosophy in a deep way that really transforms you and your life this is this is a mastery in itself it is not the greatest mastery that you will ever experience. But then I could say that this is the same thing about myself. I have a master of experiencing universal consciousness. And yet, does that solve all of the problems in my life? No, it doesn't. I have to yet new things to master every day. We all do, I think. Well, we could 
chat about Aurelius first, if you'd mm. like. Mm -hmm. I, um, so I'm, you know, I've, I'm interested in Stoicism, but mainly interested in Marcus Aurelius, who wrote a book called Meditations. And most of your listeners, I'm sure, are familiar with that. It's one of the I didn't four. Heard of it when you, when you told me. Oh, that it's one of the four or five books which have been con in continuous print since the invention of the printing press, mm. which these include the Bible. Interestingly, they include Machiavelli's The Prince. <laughs> and there's some Eastern, yeah, well, it's not a joke. It's, it's, there's a, some amazing stuff in there. Mm. Uh, and I don't understand it as well as I do Aurelius, I mm. don't think. But, um, and it, it also includes some Eastern uh, uh, spiritual textbooks of some kind, which I'm not familiar with. Um, but um, Aurelius wrote this thing as a self-help book. He was a Roman emperor, and I think he was uh, 300 AD or something like that. And he was the last emperor where Rome was sort of successful. After mm -hmm. that, they uh, the whole thing degenerated. It might have been 200 AD. Mm -hmm. um, but he, and he, he was occupied continuously with wars and trying to preserve the borders and, um, and so on and so forth. And he was trained classically by uh, scholars, and he was trained in ethical uh, precepts by these various uh, mentors. And he wrote this book as a self-help book for himself, right? So he carried this thing around and uh, looked at it and reviewed it in the manner that I'm describing with an electronic application. And um, in the beginning of it, he credits all of his sources and the people who um, helped him on the way. And uh, this thing's been translated in, in several um, languages and several versions. There's a recent translation. I believe it's, um, well, I, I, Hicks, I think, is a recent translation that many people find approachable. I like mm -hmm. George Long's uh, translation, which you can find free on the internet. Uh, and download, read it on a Kindle or whatever you want, um, because it's it's more flowery, it's more biblical, and I, I, I like the language. I don't know mm -hmm. why, um, but uh, I can read a few quotes to start you out. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's let's listen. If thou workest at that which is before thee, following right reason seriously, vigorously, calmly, without allowing anything else to distract thee, but keeping thy divine part pure, as if thou shouldst be bound to give it back immediately, if thou holdest to this, expecting nothing, fearing nothing, but satisfy with thy present activity according to nature, and with heroic truth in every word and sound which thou utterest, thou wilt live happy, and there is no man who is able to prevent this. Wow, it's really deep. So there's a whole series of, 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 of points there. Uh, firstly, there is the way that you work. Uh, how, what, was, what was the description of the way that you work on your life? Following right reason seriously, right reason vigorously, seriously. calmly, without allowing anything else to distract thee, but keeping thy divine part pure, as if thou shouldst be bound to give it back immediately so, so there's the divine part pure is is very interesting is is there a a kind of context of what how he describes the divine part and how he or does he just assume that you understand you, what you we're know, talking about? 
the thing is a disjointed series of quotes and yeah. about a, a third of it i really liked i've i've taken and put in my uh reminder devices mm. uh but two-thirds of it is obscure or archaic or you know perhaps just not uh my style he he isn't he doesn't refer to a deity much except for sort of uh, tangentially so i i don't think um this no, doesn't sound like deity really, it sounds more like the inner spark your the the core of your heart or something like like that it reminds me a lot of like a purity of heart purity of of the way that you are relating to the world he he his main focus is um doing what's right uh according to natural law that's that's a quote natural law and whatever that means um and understanding your mortality and uh here's another one one man after burying another has been laid out dead and another buries him and all this in a short time hippocrates after curing many diseases himself fell sick and died and lice killed socrates what means all this? All human things are smoke and nothing at all. And it is not for us, but for the gods to settle whether we play the play out or only a part of it. Pass then through this little space of time conformably to nature and tend thy journey in content, just as an olive falls off when it is ripe, blessing nature who produced it and thanking the tree on which it grew. Do not act as if thou wert going to live 10,000 years. While thou can, while you are still able, be good. <laughs> <laughs> are you familiar with Mullah Nasruddin? With who? Mullah Nasruddin. Or Nasruddin. No. He's a, a Sufi Persian saint who was questionably a saint or mad or both. And uh, stories, teaching stories are told about him constantly. And they're always jokes. And as you were telling that, one of the stories came to mind, which is about Mullah Nasruddin when he's, he's working on the roof, fixing his roof, and he falls off and hits his head and falls into a coma. And his friends think he is dead. So they're having a funeral ceremony and they're laying him out in the coffin. And he wakes up. <laughs> and he hears this crying, Nasruddin is dead, Nasruddin is dead. And he says to himself, well, I guess it must be true. So he keeps lying there, assuming that he's, he's dead and this is some kind of after-death experience. He just, he just lies there and sees what happens. And so he's lying in the coffin and they take it on the back of a, a little cart and they take it down through the streets of the village to, to the burial place. And partway there they get lost. They're looking for where is the where is the right road to the burial place, and they start having an argument about which is the right way to go. And he gets really impatient. And he's lying there <laughs> in the coffin. <laughs> he can't can't put up with this any longer. So he sits up, and he says, "When I was alive, I used to go that way." <laughs> <laughs> and then he lies back down in the coffin. <laughs> The stories don't have any point. You have to make your own point about it. That's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> cone, K-O-A-N. You know what a cone is? A Japanese word for a paradox, like the sound Koan. of one yeah, hand. Yeah. 
hand clapping, which yeah. would uh, stimulate uh, meditation or an alpha state if you mm. try to meditate on the on the difficult logic. Mm. I, yeah, it's a kind of Sufi version of that, Persian version of that. They're a bit more flowery. So here's one that's very simple. Bad luck born nobly is good luck. Well, it's not simple at all. Bad luck born nobly is good luck. What the hell does that mean? Well, what that means is you've got to persevere through anything. Oh, and, born uh, yeah. nobly, as in if you yeah. bear yourself well through the bad luck is good luck. Ah, okay. Simple but difficult. Hard work, there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look within. Within is a fountain of good, and it will ever bubble up if thou wilt ever dig. See, I like... I like the uh, the biblical and convoluted phrase mm. for some reason. Mm -hmm. The modern the modern uh, uh, translation isn't uh, quite as flowery, and it may be easier. Yeah, poetry is important. I think <laughs> how easy it is to push away and block out every rude and unwelcome idea and suddenly recover one's peace of mind. Don't become disgusted with yourself, lose patience, or give up if you sometimes fail to act as your philosophy dictates, but after each setback, return to reason and be content if most of your acts are worthy of a good man. <laughs> there's, a, there's a concept in the uh, Toltec shamanism of four, four agreements we should make with ourselves to replace the dysfunctional agreements we tend to make with ourselves and the promises you make that don't work. The first one is, and this is relates to the fourth one. The fourth one is uh, always do your best. Of course, understanding that you are probably doing your best. And it's probably not very good. And that's as good as it's going to be. Um, the first one is, is to be impeccable with your word. Uh, and this is about truth, facing truth clearly and seeing things as they really are and not pretending that they are something something else. And interestingly, they, they're very into uh, the inner process, the inner way of looking at things rather than the outer. Truth is seen as your own experience, not the nature of the world. So what is most important is that you are true with yourself, not that you are true with other people. If you're, you can choose whether you're going to lie or whether you're going to tell the truth, but if you lie to yourself, then you're completely lost and you have no idea what you're doing. Um, and then in the same way, there's uh, things about how we relate to others. You relate to others in terms of, firstly, don't take anything personally. As soon as you take something personally, you're taking on something that has nothing to do with you because the other person is going through their own experiences and they have their own reasons for it and it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their own inner world. So if you take anything personally, you're actually being untrue. You're not seeing the world as it really is. And, uh, and the third one is never make assumptions for the same reason. You have no idea what's going on through that other person's world. If you assume that you understand exactly what's going on for them, then you're like, you're pretending something that's Totally not true. We never sure. understand the other person really, you know. We, we, we kind of get a few hints. It's, I think they're a really good set of very simple principles to live by. 
you know, I'll make the point again that these are great ideas um, yeah. and all of them are, are derivative and interlock with a great deal of other philosophy. Yeah. Uh, and in my opinion, unless you cycle reminders of this stuff, unless you're some sort of genius, which who um, is photographic in their, their memory acquisition, you need to review this stuff continuously, even if you reviewed it hundred times before because you fall out of the habit of thinking in this fashion because it's not human nature to be charitable and to be um to be able to ignore um you know slights or um here's another one jettison your cargo of opinion and you are saved what prevents you from doing this that's the really again jettison your cargo i like of how it puts it as a question that's nice yeah so what is it that prevents you from uh Jettisoning, jettisoning opinion. Hmm. That's one of the central Stoic ideas is that you can choose to have your own opinion of anything, even if it's tremendously negative and not see it as, you know, it's kind of like zero-based thinking. If something's happened, even if it's a big negative, you know, to perseverate or think or worry about, about that and, and try to re replay the chess moves that led you to this place, it's not productive. And that, that single idea is the hardest thing for me is to not think, not look back, you know, as we know what happened to Lot's wife, when she looked back uh, on Sodom and Gomorrah, she turned into a pillar of salt. Mm -hmm. Right. And this so is, she, this is not really about God being vindictive. No, it's I philosophical. It's a, it's about don't turn back. Yeah. Don't look back and you have to, you have to abandon your past life It's gone. It's water under the bridge, crying over spilled milk. It's, and it, for me, that single concept, I have to almost review that every day because I, you know, you tend to think and, and uh, uh, concentrate on nonsense that's already happened that you can't do anything about. Is the chess chess move two in a thirty move game, and you, you're thinking about the third chess move? I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's over. You've lost one or whatever has happened has happened. Yeah, you've got ambivalent feelings you can't resolve. Yeah, um, but it's tricky. It's like how do you how do you let go of that? I think it takes exercises and practice to let go of these things daily practice breathing and, and relaxing and releasing and or even like expressing it in more aggressive ways epictetus who's another stoic philosopher mm. probably the second one he said this is not a, a debate over trifles but whether we will be sane or not so that's that's the story you've got to master this stuff otherwise you're an animal just reacting to stimuli and wandering around looking for something to eat or whatever. Hmm. You know about the Jewish tradition and how they study this? No. The, they read the Torah, which is only the first five books of the Bible. Yeah? But it's cycled through every year. So over a year, you read the whole book. And so every... Every week you have a, a little chapter that you're supposed to read. And then you argue about it. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> you, you, you find your, you, you discuss you know, you, in yourself, you think about what this means for you, but then you actually take it to your friends and you 
kind of go, well, what do you think? And, and you actually are actively encouraged to have different opinions, not to go, this is, I, I believe what the teacher says, but to say, you know, well, I think this, what about this, question this. And it really creates this um, philosophical approach that you're really questioning at every point, what is it, how is this work for me and what does this mean to me? And sometimes the stories in the Bible are, are horrible, yeah? And the yeah. obvious meanings of them are things that we cannot take on. They're like horrendous ideas there. Yeah. So what it actually brings to you is the opposite. It brings to you, well, I must reject that. I must bring in this other idea. And so this process of taking some basic stimulus, some idea, some quote, and then let's explore that. Let's discuss that. Let's argue about it. Let's see where it sits in, in me, I think is very, very good approach. It's teaching you to think for yourself. Yeah. I'd but like to put that together in, in, the, in the course that I'm doing. I'd like to make one of, the, one of the stages of the training to be really focused on this. We're just going to go through the philosophy and we're going to go deep into your approach to that philosophy. What do you think? That's great. very important. You, you have to decide what's important for you and reinforce that. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think even a sociopathic evil person can do this if they've, they've got some evil principles, their, their ideas are to steal from people and whatever. Um, they can make themselves stronger with repetition. I don't think that um, many of the traditionally religious approaches where, where they almost have catechisms and they repeat the same thing over and over are anywhere near as productive as that Jewish approach that you describe where you're taught to think for yourself. Because people are different. They have different backgrounds. This stuff is informed by all my background experiences. And the things that I thought were important might be somewhat different than the things that you would think important if you read the same source material. Wonderful. Well, what I'd like to do, um, I would like to look into structures of, of taking these quotes that you've collected and, and sharing them with people. Uh, whether what, uh, have a look at what's the best format that I can find to, to do that. And then uh, perhaps we can publish something together in some form. Well, that'd be You're great interested. to collaborate. Yeah. I mean, you've got a far bigger background of, of organizing and thinking about this than I do. I mean, my, my I'm, I've got, I mean, you can't imagine, I sent you a few quotes, but, mm. th and those are the Aurelius quotes, but I've got stuff that came from hundreds and hundreds of other uh, books that I found inspirational, even as crazy, you know, Tony Robbins is an amalgamator and yeah. he doesn't credit, credit his sources, right. but that doesn't mean they, one of my medical uh, mentors told me, Yoho, when I when I did something right, he says, Yoho, even a blind squirrel occasionally finds a nut. <laughs> <laughs> so so that doesn't mean Robbins isn't right in a lot of ways. Yeah. There are a lot of very good things that he, he espouses. But I, I respect uh, people who credit the, uh, the shoulders of the people they're standing on. And of course, there's nothing new in this self-help business at all. It's just an organizational thing that's that's lacking maybe if you and i think many of the systems that are in place especially the religious systems are 
you know, they're unduly uh, influenced by a certain kind of mysticism or, or irrationality, in my opinion. And I think you can justify all this stuff with, um, with um, more modern thinking and, and still retain all the good things. So, mm -hmm. but that, that sounds like an exciting project. And I mean, you're welcome to all the source material. I can send you every freaking thing I have, and you can look at it and laugh at it if you want, but, but uh, it's meaningful for me. All right. I, mean, I think the the what's meaningful here is to is to see that this is useful for people who are working from a fairly similar background to you and and if we take somebody who is working from a very religious Christian background they're not going to be interested in this and they well, take I someone don't think who you're necessarily right I, yeah. I think that this is universal stuff and as long as you don't run down, a, a organized religion um i think that they uh, could possibly. easily of course their brains are occupied with whatever catechisms they're they're doing on on possibly. sunday and yeah but know. my point is that um uh it's what's important is that this has a quality that you've already you've already run it through a certain filter of yourself and that it has a certain quality that is effective and helpful and i so i'm not sure that it needs to be filtered very much i think mostly it needs to be organized and organized shared yeah right yeah um you went to oscar wilde ask what oscar wilde yeah I, i'm familiar with oscar wilde what about him i love his quotes now, they're interesting because they really they're always turning your things upside down and saying things that would seem to be wrong and uh sometimes there's some real wisdom that you find in that like, um, what is it he says? If you want to be, if you want to be seen as the perfect tact, the perfectly, I can't remember the word he uses, but it's the, the perfectly charming gentleman, then you should treat all women like you love them and all men like they bore you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I often come back to that and go, and it's kind of true, you know. It's like like you kind of go to the to the women you go yeah it's sweet please <laughs> wonderful to meet you and to the guys you go yeah hi guys let's get on with it yeah <laughs> okay lovely to talk with to you I'm gonna we'll get back in touch I'll write some comments and maybe we can start getting organized on that project that would be really really cool well, thank and i'd you. like to to invite you to to come to sometimes to our meetups and share some of your ideas when we have an meetup that's an appropriate topic well that's very kind of you alexander i'm i i send me the links and i'll have a look wonderful thank you okay speak to you soon bye bye